day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Good morning. How awesome was that worship this morning? So good. We don't want it to end. Father God, I just thank you for the amazing privilege of standing in this place today. Father, I just pray that you would use me. Lord, that the words of man would simply drop to the ground. But Father, I pray that the revelation of heaven would pierce the hearts of man this morning. Lord, we say that we've come to hear from you. We've come to to seek more of you, to know more of you this day, Father God. So, Father, I just pray that you would meet each and every person where they're at today. Lord, that they would encounter you. Lord, that they would take you into their week, into their workplaces, into their family, into whatever they do, Father. In your precious name, amen. Who's experienced kids home on the school holidays? And by the second day of the school holidays, they're saying, I'm bored. Anyone know that? They're dying for the school holidays. They're so over the term, over going to school, can't wait to be on holidays. By the second day, mom, I'm bored. What am I going to do? And you're like, seriously? Have you not looked at all your toys? Why don't you go and ride your bike or do a painting or do some art or, or play your Nintendo or just go and do something? How can you possibly be bored? Anyone experience that? Okay. Then bring it a little bit closer to home. Have you ever experienced being bored? As a grown adult? Anyone? So I'm not talking about you've got nothing to do because let's face it, we are all grown-ups. We've learned a little bit more than kids, haven't we? So we actually know that, you know, just like when mum says, if you're bored, you can go and, you know, clean your room. Well, I know my room needs cleaning, but that's boring and I really don't want to do that. Anyone relate to that? Yes. So, but for us adults, do you ever feel like you're just going through the motions? Work, family, church, home. Work, family, church, home. And you're just on this merry-go-round, round and round and round, and you're going, I could do this with my eyes closed. I'm completely bored right now. So can I pose a thought to us this morning that if we're not living our life led by the Spirit and using the gifts that he's given to us, we probably are bored. We're probably bored. So this morning, are we a participant or are we a spectator? Are we sitting on the sidelines or are we jumping in and getting our hands and our feet dirty? I was with a friend recently and um, she was asking me about, you know, what do you do in a week? And I was going through it all and I said, oh, you know, I, I kind of get to Friday and I feel like I've run out of puff. Does anyone feel like that? And you just kind of hit the wall. And often Josh will say to me on a Friday morning, so what are you doing today? I'm like, uh, um, uh, no idea. Probably something. I may get out of my pyjamas I may get the kids dressed. We may do something, but I feel like I've 
just kind of totally hit the wall by a Friday. Now, I said to her, I actually like being busy. And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, well, we don't need to psychoanalyze me now. I'm very aware that I have a lot of issues and I'm in therapy and I'm sorting through these, but I actually like being busy, but I still feel it on a Friday when I absolutely hit the wall. And uh, so aside from all of that, I think that for me, I get to that point where my, I anticipate that I can do more than I actually can. Hence, standing up here this morning, because I anticipated a month ago when Josh asked me to preach, and he's away, that I could do more than I could. And it's completely strung me out this week. And if I'm coherent at all this morning, that's only because of the Holy Spirit. But who knows that I cannot admit that to Josh? Because I told him that I can look after the children for 10 days on my own. I can keep my house tidy. I can cook. I can clean. I can work. And I can preach a message. Okay. So somewhere in here, I will preach a message and keep on track. So why do I like being busy? Partly because I think I'm trying to walk in the gifts that God's given me while trying to juggle the mundane needs of life. Can anyone relate to that? And I think I've come to the conclusion that I would rather try and manage the tension than not have any tension at all. If I'm going to operate my life in the power of the Holy Spirit, then I have a chance at doing this. If I'm not going to operate my life with the Holy Spirit, then I am going to be completely strung out. I'm probably going to get put in a straitjacket and end up somewhere that I don't want to be at the end of the day. Because who knows that when we are stretching ourselves, when we're looking to step outside of our comfort zone, things tend to get a little bit messy, don't they? Which is case in point my house right now. If you stepped into my house, you would see that. So when I sit down and I listen to someone's story or I get up here and preach or I have people over for dinner, I see the Holy Spirit operating in my life and I see the Holy Spirit operating in their life. I see the opportunity to see my gifts flowing through those things that I'm choosing to step into. But who knows that choosing to do those things, they're not the day-to-day demands, are they? It's not... Arabella needing me or it's not Josh needing me or it's not me me needing to do the washing or the cleaning or go to work or whatever it may be, these things I actually have to stop and make a choice in the moment. Am I going to fit those into my life? So none of these things are without their tension to manage around the things that we have to do in life. But when I'm not doing them, I very quickly get bored and I feel unfulfilled. It's so easy to slip into survival mode, isn't it? Because let's face it, we're not bored because life is insanely busy and we're all trying to juggle this insanely busy life. But somehow in all of that, we're completely bored out of our brains. So today I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And if you want to turn with me to John 16, verses 5 to 15. So who is the Holy Spirit? He is a divine and equal member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's our counsellor, comforter, teacher, encourager, advocate, 
just to name a few. So John 16 says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you will see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. I love this passage because Jesus is showing us here that we need all of them. We need the three in one. We need the Trinity. We need the Father. We need the Son. And we need the Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit will guide us into all truth. It's not his authority that he speaks but the Father's. And he will glorify me being the Son. And I think for us this year, as we go on this quest, you know, our our, um, scripture in Daniel, those who know their God will do great and mighty exploits. And I think as we seek God, sometimes we can fall into the trap of just seeing God as as, um, his one being or entity, which he very much is. But I think that as we want to go deeper in our Christian walk, then we actually need to pull back the covers a little bit, peel them back and go, okay, Father God, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Who are these three that are one in my life? Anyone confused yet? Totally. So the disciples could not understand when he said that it would be better for him if he goes away. Christ was limited to his own human nature. So when Christ made the decision to come to earth, He actually said, I'm going to walk as man walks. So if you needed to find healing, then you had to go and find Christ wherever he was. So if he was with Peter in the middle of a lake, you needed to go and find him in the middle of the lake. Or if he was speaking on the top of a mountain, you needed to go to the top of the mountain to find Christ. So what the disciples didn't understand is that it would actually be better for Christ to go because then he would send his helper, the Holy Spirit. So although Jesus was restricted by his humanity here on earth, the promised Holy Spirit would not be restricted. He would bypass man's physical constraints by dwelling inside the hearts of man. Who knows that we are all a temple of the Holy Spirit. So where we go, the Spirit of God goes with us. The book of Acts is the story of disciples receiving what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. I love that. It's a story of receiving what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. So what did Jesus receive? 
If we look in Matthew, Jesus goes and seeks out his cousin John and says to John, I need to be baptized. Can you imagine if you were John? You're going, hang on, you're Christ the Lord, right? And so John in this moment is going, no, 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 no. I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus is saying, no, you need to. In this moment, I need to be baptized with you. And it says, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So in that moment, even though Jesus walked with the spirit, he needed to be filled with the spirit. And that's what John didn't understand in that moment, that he needed to come, that he needed to be baptized, that he needed that full immersion in that moment. So let's head to Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verses 4 to 8 say, Then being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then skipping down to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Did you notice in verse 4 that it actually says that he commanded them not to go from that place? He didn't suggest it. He didn't just pass a fleeting comment. He actually commanded the disciples in that moment, do not depart, but wait for the promise of the Father. He's saying, I've spoken to you a great, about the Great Commission and I've told you that you need to go out, that you need to make disciples. But what I'm telling you in this moment is don't go. Don't set foot outside of this place until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't do it otherwise. You can't do it in your own strength and I'm not setting you up for failure. So then down to Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterings. As of a rushing mighty wind, not a wind, but like the sound of the wind. I love that. The might but unseen power of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So the Holy Spirit, in that moment, Jesus is saying, you need more. So what is the more that Jesus was saying? Why, why was he saying, you know, I've, I've spent these three years with you. I've taught you so many things. So why are you now not equipped to go out and do what it is that I've asked you to do? What is the Spirit going to do for us? So the Holy Spirit is within us at the point of salvation. So for those of us that have made a decision for Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and he fills our heart. Just like we said, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So where we go, the Spirit comes with us. So that's at the point of salvation. But then he comes upon us 
when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit. So as with the life of Jesus, he was conceived by the Spirit and the Spirit working within him brought forth the fruit of good character. Later, like we said with John, being baptised with John, later the Spirit came upon him to bring forth a ministry of power. So just like Jesus demonstrated to us, this is not a question of salvation. We're saved, the Holy Spirit walks within us. But just like he said to the the disciples in that moment, you need more than that. If you're actually going to live a non-boring life and you're actually going to go out and do these things, if you're going to live life on the edge and you're going to see me manifested, then you need the Holy Spirit within you. So our first one that we're going to look at is Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. In Acts, it says, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So when do we need a comforter? We need a comforter when we're scared out of our wits. Yes? When you ask a child to do something that scares them, they're going to run to you and they're going to sit on your lap and you're going to comfort them. You're going to to tell them that it's going to be okay. They're going to feel safe in your arms because you're bigger than they are. So their fear actually dissipates in that moment. So who knows that when we're going to start stepping out of our comfort zone, we're actually going to need a comforter. We're going to need the Holy Spirit to actually go, do you know what? I understand that you're standing on the edge of this precipice and you're about to jump. But I'm going to give you peace in this moment. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that contrary to what you're looking at right now, you can have because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. So the Holy Spirit will teach us. John says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. As I was looking at this, I was thinking of that scripture that says, uh, train up a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. We're big kids, aren't we? We still need teaching at the end of the day. We don't always make good choices And who knows that we're not going to have it all together or know it all, even into eternity. So we're constantly going on this journey of needing to be trained and equipped and taught. So the Holy Spirit, if we're open to him, is our teacher. He's going to guide us in the things of Christ. The Holy Spirit will remind us. (laughs) This is a big one for me. Anyone with a shocking memory will attest to this. You know, when you struggle to stand in front of someone and you go, oh, I know your name, but I can't bring it to me now. It's the, the worst possible feeling. But when you have a, a bad memory and you forget appointments or you have to live by your diary or whatever it is, you know, in the natural, I, I feel the effects of my bad memory. But what I do love is when the Holy Spirit comes and when I step out, the things that then come into my mind. Have you ever experienced that? When you're sitting in front of somebody and and they're doing it tough and you want to encourage them and that scripture just pops into your head. Or for you, you know, when you're going through a tough time and you're like, I don't even know what decision to make right now. And that word drops into your spirit. You know, those things, the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing those into our remembrance. Because his teaching It's not going in one ear and out the other ear, is it? We're capturing it. We're holding it in our heart. And in those times that we need it, the Holy Spirit is saying, here, have this. Have this little nugget. Have this piece of gold. 
have this, grab it, run with it. It's interesting that in the definition uh, for reminding us, it actually said quietly. And I thought that that was interesting when I looked up that word. It actually says quietly. And isn't it so true of the Holy Spirit that he's not going to dominate our life? He's not going to shout it from the rooftops. He's not going to say, are you serious? You already know the answer to this question. How many times are we going to go around this mountain? No, the Holy Spirit is going to quietly say, you know what? You've got this. Here's this little nugget. It was already within you. But we need to intune our ear. We need to tune into him and actually hear what it is that he's saying to us. Otherwise, we're going to miss his voice. The next one, the Holy Spirit is going to convict us of sin. John 16 says that he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So this is probably the one attribute of the Holy Spirit that we'd all choose to be without, right? Because we don't actually want to be convicted of our sin. None of us actually want to admit that we have sin in our life, right? Because we've got it together. I don't sin. My gosh, never murdered anyone yet. I've never, I don't know, what's another really bad one? Done, I've never done anything really bad. I don't have sin in my life. I've got it all together. The challenge is, is that we actually need to be reminded of our sin, don't we? Because we actually need to be reminded of our need for a saviour. If we weren't aware of the sin in our life, then of what need do we have for a saviour? We need to be constantly become aware of the rubbish so that we can deal with it and get on with things. Now, we have to remember in that that there is now no condemnation in Christ. We've been convicted. We've been found guilty. But Christ has dealt with our sentence. We don't have to walk out that sentence. So the Holy Spirit, he helps us walk in righteousness. Romans 8 says, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. It's impossible for us to walk righteously in and of ourselves. We are righteous because of him, the Father. The Spirit reminds us of this. If not, we'd be running and trying to constantly do whatever it took to earn our salvation, to be a good person, to have it all together, to be righteous in and of ourselves. Again, impossible. I think... You know, for many of us, we need to see the strength in this so much more because I think that as much as we know we're saved by grace and not by works, we can get a little bit in our head about the works, can't we? That I need to be a good person and look what that person's doing. You know, Christ says not to do that or whatever it may be. I think time and time again, we actually need to come back to the fact of You know, we're righteous in him, full stop. So you know what? I don't need to beat myself up when I stuff up again. I don't need to separate myself from Christ. Because that's the big thing we do, don't we? When we're dealing with shame, we're running and hiding. Because what I did was terrible and my penance for that is two days before I can talk to God. 
or it was really bad and it's 10 days before I can talk to God. You know what I mean? We think that we actually have to separate ourselves. Whereas the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what? Yes, you're stuffed up and you've asked for forgiveness and you're cleansed white as snow once again. So do you know what? Don't separate yourself from the Father. You don't have to do penance in this moment. And so I think if we're tuned in to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then we're not going to go through those times of pulling back from the Father and separating ourselves from him. He helps us to pray and intercede. The Spirit helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Ultimately, we need to be praying the will of the Father. If we're walking with God, then we actually are surrendering to him. We're actually saying, you know what, God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your ways are perfect. So I actually want to live my life according to your ways. So then when I'm praying into a situation for myself or for somebody else, I actually want to seek the will of the Father. I actually want to know, Father, are you saying that left or right is better, better in this situation, to go or not to go, whatever it may to be? So I love it that in those situations where, you know, if, if we're stepping out in faith and we're praying and believing with someone, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this moment? What is it? What is the will of the Father that I can stand with this person and declare and believe in their life? We're going to see our prayers answered. He seals us. Ephesians. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is guaranteed of our inheritance. To me, this speaks of our importance. You know, if you think of a seal, a document marked with a seal, it's a seal of approval or, or it looks elegant and, and, and important. Someone may try to question our position as a child of God, but hang on. They can't because we're sealed with the highest seal, the seal that's actually recognisable to anyone. So when I walk into a room and someone tries to question my authenticity, no, look at my seal. There's nothing higher. Oh, pardon me, excuse me. Here you go. You have been sealed. Or if you think of an envelope, you know, when, it, when a letter is sealed in an envelope... It's not going to fall out. It's not going to go missing. It's not going to get damaged. It's beautifully just tucked in. You know, I love that. The, the, he's got us. You know, he's got us. We're, we're so precious that he's put his stamp of approval on us and he's going to make sure that nothing happens to us. He bears fruit through us, Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Only with the Holy Spirit can we do these things. Amen? Who knows that every day we fall on our face in these things. And I think it gives us the opportunity to go, you know what, Holy Spirit, that uh, lack of, of long-suffering that just came out just then, I see that that area of my life is not yielded to the Holy Spirit because whoever's come along has pushed that button and I've gone, rah, and have not shown a lot of long-suffering in that moment. But who knows that we can't do it in our own strength because we fall on our face every single time. 
He equips us with spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians. There are diversities of the gifts, but the same spirit. The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirit, kinds of tongues and interpretations of tongues. I read recently, um, I can't actually remember where it was, but give credit where credit's due. Uh, When spiritual gifts are operating in their fullness, it enables the church to think like God, to speak like God, to behave like God in order that the body of Christ will come to full stature. We need all of these gifts operating because who knows that in our Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that's what's operating. So when we actually want to go out there and impact this nation, then we actually need the manifestations of these gifts. Now, it actually says that he's given to each one of us and he's given to each one of us different gifts. So where he's, you know, you can look at Jody and you can go, there's no way I'm ever going to stand up there and do that. Well, you know what? Because God hasn't asked you to. But if you do feel that burning in your spirit, then there's an act of obedience that's got to come after that where you've got to go, okay, God, you've placed this gift within my life and I know that I actually need to step out because who knows what God did through that this morning? We don't know. You know, there's a couple of hundred people in this room. We were all touched differently in that moment and that's the Holy Spirit working through those gifts. He fills us. Ephesians 5, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or overindulgence in sensual pleasures, but be filled with the Spirit. To follow God, we need to be led by the Spirit. The only way to be led by the Spirit is to follow God's command to be filled with the Spirit. God contrasts being filled with the Spirit by being drunk. Someone who is drunk with wine or alcohol is controlled by and consumed by alcohol. Someone who is drunk in the Spirit is controlled and consumed by the Spirit who helps us to live holy lives. Don't you love that? He wants that level, that level of abandonment, that level of I am completely consumed by the Holy Spirit in my life in this moment. And I'm going to have to go really fast now, so I apologize. He empowers us. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Again, you know, it's, it's, we've got a job to do. We're not just on this planet abiding time until he takes us into eternity. He's got something for each and every one of us to do. But that is going to take power. Because who knows that if it was easy to come to salvation in Christ, the world would already be saved. So this dying world, they need to see the power of God. They need to see it outworking in our life. They need to see God glorified in us. He testifies truth to us. When the helper comes, whom I will send from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father will testify of me. I think we all have times where we actually question what we know about God, have read about God, believe about God. And I think that if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, he's going to testify and go, you know what, that, that's truth. No, that's you, Kristen. That's truth. 
And I think the same with us. You know, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Our testimony is powerful in people's lives. When we speak and say, look what God has done in my life, people's faith level, it rises, doesn't it? Because that's what we're doing. We're testifying to the goodness of God. He guides us. Without him, we're wandering aimlessly. Where do we go? What do we do? He sends us. It's by his authority that we're sent out. And I love that because if you think about it, if you're sent to a foreign nation and something goes wrong, you think of of people that are sent as ambassadors to different nations and if the consulate comes under attack or something like that, who do they ring? The person that sent them. So when troubles come around us, we get to come back to the source and we go, Holy Spirit, you sent me into this place. It's of no surprise that this has happened. So therefore, I can trust you in this moment. I can find you in this moment and know that this is exactly where I need to be. He enables us to witness. And you shall be witnesses to me to the ends of the earth. This is what it's all about. Ultimately, this is why we need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. He is all of these things in our life. So at the end of the day, we can be like his disciples and see people saved for him. Nothing is of higher importance. You know, in, in Luke, I was reading this week that, that um, Jesus was sending people out to, to preach the gospel and he sent 70 out and they came back and they said, God, we've seen, we've seen all of these miracles done in your name. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people set free, healed. And he says, yep, you know, I've given you all of those things. But then he ends that scripture and he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Our gifts, yes, we need to take those and we need to do what it is that that God's calling us to do. But if we see someone set free of something and it doesn't bring them into God's family, it's of no value. of utmost importance is our salvation and the salvation of humanity. Amen? So that needs to be our primary focus in everything that we're doing. I've run out of time. We need it more, don't we, church? We need to acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to remember that we're not walking alone. Yes, Christ died and he went back and he sits beside his father. But he left us a better thing. A better thing. Something that's going to enable us to live an exciting life. There's no reason for us to be bored. No reason. Fear. Fear causes us to be bored because I think if we intune our ear to the Holy Spirit, he's always speaking. He's always saying, come, come on this journey with me. Step into this situation today. You know, I've had the most amazing conversations with people this week. People walking through horrific situations, people overcoming horrific situations, whatever it may be. 
And I love that the Spirit is pulling me into that because not only am I able to open my mouth and go, wow, God, look what you deposited in that person, but look at what they've done to me. My faith just arises. I get excited. I get excited hearing what God is doing in the lives of people. Yes, the, the chaos of everything else still happens. And I've still got to go home and look after the kids and, and clean the house and cook the meal and do all of those things. But I want this tension in my life. And I'm going to get better at it. Because I'm going to get to the stage where I don't crash on a Friday. I'm going to get to the stage where I'm so in tune with the Holy Spirit that I'm not operating out of my own strength so then I'm not crashing at the end of the week because he's my comforter. He sustains me. He's my strength. He's in everything that I do. So therefore, I can manage that tension in life. But he's a gentleman. He speaks to us quietly. He's not going to force himself upon you. But he is there and he's going, come on, let's do more. Let's go on an adventure. We should be the most passionate, excited bunch of people on the face of the earth. We should be willing to leap off buildings, to bungee jump, to skydive, to do all of these things. Fear should not be within us. We were not created to have it. We were created for the Spirit of God to outwork in our life. And I only pray that when I get to heaven, I get to meet those people that in those moments when I was paralyzed with fear but said, Holy Spirit, come into my life, and I stepped out and was obedient to Christ, that they're in heaven because of that moment, because of the Holy Spirit working through me. It's not just my calling. I get to stand up here and I get to speak to you. But for all of us, right now, we walk out those doors. And it's a choice in every single moment. Will I live my life empowered by the Holy Spirit? Or will I live a boring life? Will I be a spectator or will I be a participant? Will you stand with me this morning, church? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in this place. We thank you that you are in our lives. We thank you that, that you are more incredible than we can even fathom or imagine. That we've only just scratched the surface of who you are this morning. I pray that you would reveal yourself more to us. Show us who you are. Let us experience that in our life. There is nothing that we lack because you are within us. Father, I just pray that we wouldn't be content with boredom anymore, that we wouldn't be content with the mundane anymore. Lord, I just pray that we would have the courage to step into the tension this week, Father God. Lord, where you're pulling us, Father. Yes, life is busy. Yes, there are so many things to do. And you're calling us to, to be responsible, to look after our family and to do those things. But God, you're saying it's not either or. 
It's and. We can do all of these things. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, for a a fresh infilling of your spirit upon your people this day, Father God. Lord, would you just rise up in their hearts this morning, Father God. Lord, show them, shock them. Lord, empower them this week with your might and your power. Bring forth those gold nuggets that they have within them. Lord, we call it forth this day. God, you've deposited so much within them. We call forth your gifts this day. Lord, we call forth healing, prophecy, gifts of tongues. Lord, teachers, preachers, pastors evangelists. We call all of these things forward, Father God. Lord, for the gifts that you've placed on our heart, let us not squash them down. Let us not live by fear, but let us say we want to be empowered, empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered by Him. If you haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit, then today is your day. Don't leave without this power. It's not kooky. It's not freaky. You're not going to have to do anything you don't want to do. You're not going to have to stand up here and, and, and do what Jody did this morning. Well, you might, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he works with us and in us. And he's going to be gentle and he's just going to nudge you. But you know what? Your life is going to be incredibly empowered when you have him in you. If you don't have him, you're driving around in first gear. Church, we're driving a Lamborghini. If we drive in first gear, we're doing that Lamborghini a disservice. I don't know, sixth gear Lamborghini? Don't know. Let's floor it. Let's get going. Let's, let's do everything that we can possibly do. Amen? Let's worship him this morning.